All right, well, let's, let's stand and we'll read from our text. We're still in the book of Romans. We're, we're quickly reaching the end of, or maybe not so quickly, but we're reaching the end of chapter 15, and then we have one remaining chapter. Um, if I had to estimate, I would say maybe, maybe five or so more messages before the end of our study in Romans be praying with me. I'm still feeling inclined of the Lord to um, go on our next study to Psalms. So um, be praying with me about that. Um, hopefully you're still praying with me about this. We're not, we're not done with Romans yet, right? Um, hopefully we're all coming together, uh, having prayed and asking the Lord to be with Brother JT, to be with me and, and to speak unto all of us that we might hear from the Lord. We don't want to hear from a man. I don't want to waste your time. Um, I want the Lord to work in your life. I want the Lord to speak unto you. Um, I want this to mean something to you. Um, I want you to go forth in the strength of whatever the Lord gives all of us every week and, and, uh, and seek to glorify him, you know, in it. So uh, whether the Lord encourages us, um, you know, or whether, you know, we need to be chastened, you know, whatever the case may be, um, that's encouragement. It should be, shouldn't it? Brother JT, if we're, if we're chastened, shouldn't we be encouraged? Because then we're what? We're sons, we're children of the living God. Uh, he doesn't chasten those who are on his own. Um, so we ought to be encouraged. Just two verses. Washed with the word. Yes, washed with the water of the word. Um, just two verses in Romans 15. Not forgetting those things that have gone before, right? But um, Romans 15 verse 20 says, Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named. Now that that's nice, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've had that privilege the entire 26, 27 years of my ministry. Someone else started here. Um, there was already a work here. There were already people here who wanted to hear the truth. Um, so that's, that's where I began. I didn't begin in some new city looking for that first person that, that we might have, you know, some sort of fellowship, you know, together or preach the gospel to, and they might be converted and a, and, and a work spring up out of that. Uh, but that was Paul. I mean, where he went, it's not that there wasn't anything going on, right? He went into those cities. There was stuff going on, right? There was too much going on. You know, you get into greatest Diana of the Ephesians. You know, you get there with that part of things. But then you had the synagogues too. But they weren't preaching Christ. But this was the thing that Paul was going forth to preach, and that was Christ. That was the foundation that Paul would have, you know, any kind of work built upon. And he says it in the Scripture, doesn't he? We have no other foundation except Christ. So, and that thing of foundation, the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's in the text here. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation, but as it is written. You know, Paul had a promise, didn't he? There's going to be a people that haven't heard who are going to hear. That's, that's, he had something, you know, to hang his hat on, so to speak. And so he says here, as is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. They're going to be given eyes to see. And they that have not heard shall understand. So 
Paul being given this task of going to preach unto the Gentiles, this, this Old Testament passage is in his mind, you know, as he's going forth. You know, the Lord is sending me forth, not into a work that's a work in vain. He's sending me forth into fields that are white unto harvest. And that same, those same fields that we're called, what? To pray that the Lord of harvest might send laborers, you know, into. Um, so this is, that's the focus of our, our thoughts this morning of those two verses in Romans 15. Let's, let's go once again to the, the Lord in prayer. Father, we, we ask uh, humbly this morning uh, that you would be gracious and that you would speak, Father, unto us, that, that uh, we not be left to ourselves, Father, that we not be, um, Father, hearers and not doers, that we, Father, might hear and do, uh, that we might glorify you in all that we do. So we just pray that you would bless this time, that you would uh, give us hearing ears, understanding hearts. Um, I, I, th- I think about the verse that we've spoken of the last two times out of Romans, that, that, it, that you're the one that causes us to will and to do of your good pleasure. So work a work in us, work a work in our day, uh, Father. Glorify yourself in us and through us is our prayer. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So... Right off the bat, we have in verse number 20, you know, Paul saying, Yea, so I have strived, I have strived to preach the gospel. I've strived to do that. Have you ever strived to do that? You ever strived to preach the gospel? Um, well, that's, that's what we always do when we're preaching the gospel. We're striving to preach the gospel. We can't change men's hearts. We can't change men's minds. But we can strive to preach the gospel unto them. Um, as we think about this whole idea of striving, uh, Paul says, I've strived to preach the gospel where Christ was not named. Uh, Paul strived, and if he strived, then, then we ought to strive, right? I mean, that's a, if, if, if he, he said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? And so here he's striving. So if Paul is striving, we ought to strive. Uh, how do we strive? Well, Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.24 that the servant of the Lord must not strive. We must not be talking about the same strive, right, Brother Jerry? Because the Bible can't contradict itself, can it? I mean, God can't say one thing in one place, say something else in another place, can it? No. You know, if there's any contradiction, right, if there's any confusion, it's not on God's part. Where, Where is it? It's our part. We don't understand. You know, if we come up, you know, Brother JT was talking about a few verses this morning. He said, you know, I used to struggle with that one. I used to wonder about this one. First time I ran across that, you know, well, we, we, we do at times. We, we run across things that we don't understand. And what do we got to do? Well, we get with the Lord. Uh, we say, Lord, I don't understand this. Uh, I, I need to understand what this means. I need to understand what this is saying unto me. Uh, for, for me, myself, first of all, right? You know, but not only that, that I might instruct others. That, I, that I, might, I might be a benefit and a profit unto others, you know. So here he says, the servant of the Lord must str- not strive. Um, well, what's, what's the two different kinds of striving that we're talking about here? You know, do we strive or do we not strive? Yes. The answer is yes. We strive and we don't, and, we, and then we not strive. Uh, we're called to both, right? So on one hand, we strive to obtain Right? 
So Luke 13, 24, what do we read there? Strive to enter in at what? The straight gate, right? So we're to strive. They're striving that we are to do. Uh, that's a striving to obtain. Uh, you know, here, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We're striving to obtain. Um, we, we sang that hymn last week, and I got to thinking about it because it mentions saved three times. I'm saved, 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 right? Have been saved, right, Brother JT? Am being saved and shall be saved. You know, it's something that's happening to us even now. Is the gospel just for people that have never heard it, or is it for us too? It's for us too. Uh, we, we yet need, we still need the gospel. So how are we not to strive? Well, we ought not to quarrel with people. You know, the Bible is not something to be quarreled over. The Bible is something to be proclaimed. And as we proclaim the gospel unto people, as you read that passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes. That's not the kind of striving we're to be involved in. But the servant of the Lord must not strive, but he must be gentle. So if we're going to proclaim the gospel unto people, we're going to have to proclaim it and speak the truth in love, right? You know, we speak the truth in love. So here, and you, and you, and you, kind, of, you kind of see this as we're, as we're reading it here in Second Timothy 2. It says, be gentle unto all. Apt to teach. If we're going to be an apt teacher, we're going to need to be gentle, first of all. But if we're going to be an apt teacher, we're going to have to be patient. Patient. It's going to take some patience with Catherine to raise her, right? It's going to take patience. Well, it's not just there, though, is it? I mean, that gives us a good thing to think about, an illustration there. You know, Cohen's back there wrestling with her right now. It takes patience, Right? And she's heading back to Anna, maybe. Maybe to Ryan, I don't know. But, but it takes patience. How patient has the Lord been with us? I mean, think about that. How patient has the Lord been with us? More than we deserve, for sure. But if the Lord's been patient with us. We need to be patient with one another. Think about Romans 14, you know, where we were back there. The weaker brethren? I don't have time for you. No. Receive, right? And neither one of us, weak or strong, are to despise the other, right? So here we've got this patience. He goes on in verse number 25 talking about meekness. Meekness is not weakness. You've heard that before, right? It's not that, it's not that we can't strive with people. We can't get in the flesh. We could, but we're, we're called not to. We're commanded not to. We're called to be gentle, to be patient, to be meek, instructing those. What type of people are we talking to? When you're talking to these people that Paul was talking to, the people that we talk to, what kind of people are they? Well, here in this passage, it says they're people that oppose themselves. They don't even know it. They're opposing themselves, and they don't even realize it. They're against themselves, and they're against God, and they think that they're living their lives to the fullest, Right? Brother Donnie was talking about a fellow that was an extreme, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, what was he, it was a Baja sort of thing, I guess, in his early career, but he, he died recently, you know, in a uh, snowmobile, you know, accident. Well, some people might say, and Brother Donnie said something to this effect, 
you know, that, that um, I don't think these are exact words, but, you know, he lived life to the fullest. Yeah. You know, or what did you say? He lived, died doing something, some, died doing something that he loved. Yeah. He died doing something he loved. Well, Brother Donnie, we're talking about the fact, how quick will that evaporate before the judgment seat of God? How quick is that going to evaporate there? They oppose themselves. So here we are, gentle. Here we are, patient. Here we are in meekness, instructing them that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, uh, there, there was a, uh, well, I'll just say this. There's, there's guys that I work with every day that, that, that are our employees, you know, and I think about if they but knew the danger that they are in, they would flee to Christ. I can talk to them about the things of God, and, and they'll, they'll talk to me about the things of God. You know, one of them in particular, you know, he'll come up and say, I heard this, I heard that, you know, and I'll, I'll try you know, to, to, to keep him within, you know, the, the framework of what he's brought to me, you know, and, and, and show him the gospel, you know, there. That this thing is not just believing that there is a God, not just believing that there was a man named Jesus that died upon a cross, that these aren't just thoughts in our heads and that we ought to live, you know, right, not to do the right things. You know, there's, there's, this goes well beyond you know, and if and if they're not afraid, why will they run? If they're not afraid, you know, the the fear of the Lord is the beginning, right, of wisdom, isn't it? You know, and and we heard Lydia's testimony, didn't we? And the Lord said, if you do that, where will you be? And there was the fear of the Lord, right? And and did we not all feel that? We all came to that place, didn't we? I mean, there was Mount Sinai, and it was burning, and there was lightning, and there was, there was you know, flame shooting forth, and, you know, you don't touch that mountain lest you die, right? But now, we've come unto a different mountain, haven't we? You know, Mount Zion, and the city of the living God, um, and the things that, that Brother J.T. were describing to us this morning. I mean, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. You know, the, the difference of where we were under the law and under the curse and under bondage and where we are now as children of the living God. Um, behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the children of God. But if peradventure God would grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves, right, out of the snare of the devil, out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. There are people all around us that are captive, and they don't realize it. They oppose themselves. They don't realize it. And it's not going to be us, you know, being, I forget what's the name of that, that church that goes and protests at those funerals and stuff. What is it? Westboro. Yeah, Westboro Baptist Church. You know, going in there and, and, and protesting the way that they do. And, and really, it's, it's almost, I mean, you feel the hate, you know. And, and I've seen people stand on street corners and preach, and they sound angry, you know. Um, that's, that's not gentleness. That's not meekness. You know, that's not patience. 
I mean, I'm not saying that the, that the Scripture doesn't warn us to flee from the wrath to come and that there might not be passion, you know, there in our plea with people as we strive to preach the gospel unto them. I'm not saying that. But, you know, there's a little something different in some of these that I see. It's just like, that just doesn't seem right, doesn't feel right, doesn't look right. And how is anybody going to be attracted, you know, to that kind of a message? Yeah, yeah. So, can you see in that passage the the meekness and the gentleness and the patience. Uh, we're not to strive and to quarrel, you know, with people, but be gentle, be meek, be patient, you know, with them. How patient was the Lord with us, you know? Be forgiving. I mean, how much has the Lord forgiven you? How much has the Lord forgiven me? Uh, what are we looking for? We're looking for the Lord to grant them repentance and that they may recover themselves. They might, they might be taken out of that, that snare that they're in, um, being taken by, captive by the devil at his will. So, you know, there's ways we contend, ways we don't contend, right? We contend for the faith, the Scripture says, right? We contend for the faith by how? How are we going to contend? How are we going to strive? By prayer. Think about these people. They don't know the Lord, right? I mean, my prayer for these people that I work around every day is they might see Christ, that Christ might be formed in them, that they might come to an end of themselves and see their need of Christ. You know, that's my desire, you know, for them. And having that desire, what is that going to produce within me? Well, if I'm sitting down at lunch with them, you know, and, and they want to talk about some of these things, you know, I, don't, I don't want to get off into the weeds with them, you know, and them talk, asking some silly question over here that they're seeking really by asking that question to justify the reason why they don't do the things that we do. They don't go to church. Well, that's just full of a bunch of hypocrites. Well, don't let that hypocrite send you to hell. You know, uh, you, know you, you need to be under the preaching, you know, of the, the truth. That's where you need to be. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll want to get off on something over here. What do they need? What does Paul say that he, he, I strive to preach what? The gospel. The gospel. You know, people want to get over, over here on, you know, some other, you know, tangent. No, what they need is the gospel. And, and they may bring up that question. I, I might say, yeah, but what are you going to do about your sins? You know, what, what's going to happen when you stand before God on the judgment day? You know, before you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, what's going to happen to you then? You know, where, where's your defense going to be? You know, where are you going to spend, you know, eternity? You know, how goes it with your soul? You know, what is there within you? Do you have a desire to do what is right in the sight of God, to glorify God? Or do you just walk around talking about, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. You know, I, I know right from wrong. I ought to do this, not not to do that. Um, you know, one young man was, was hurt on the job site uh, Friday. It wasn't anything super serious. I mean, anything could be, um, you know, but, but um, you know, he was, he was in pain. And he was, I was pouring a bottle of water, you know, over the wound after, after they had kind of got it to stop bleeding, you know, and I was pouring water over it, and he was kind of washing it off. And uh, he said, I know what I need. He said, I need a, a cigarette and a stiff glass of, you know, something. And I said, well, I said, that's only going to last so long. Then what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do then? Um, but it, actually what he said was, I would say what I need, but I'm not, I can't say it in front of him, the other guy standing around, you know. But I knew what he was talking about. Um, he said something about the cigarette, and then he said a glass of, and he stopped. Um, but, 
You know, they'll want to introduce questions that are meant purely for contentious purposes so that they can avoid the real question, so they can avoid the gospel, you know. Um, And how about people that we've known, you know, maybe for years and there's been things that have happened, you know. You know, maybe there's people still in this community, Aunt Nita, I don't know. Maybe there's people still in this community that that were part of, of, of this work as children you know, a long time ago, but because something, you know, and I'm not going to go because of, you know, what, what are you contending with? What do you contend? What, what do we need to contend with? We need to contend with the gospel with them. You know, we're striving for the gospel. Um, you know, they're contending over anything and everything else, um, but we are contending for the gospel, being gentle, being meek, being patient with these that oppose themselves. So, you know, this is, this is what Paul, you know, was encountering in the places that he was going with people that opposed themselves. Um, a few passages that um, are from the places that God sent Paul, you know, with the gospel. Think about, you know, some of the churches that we know, the letters that were written. Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 1.4, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God... He says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only. And that's what we're talking about this morning, right? We don't want just a man to speak. We want God to speak unto us. Not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. And this is the thing that Brother J.T. was talking about this morning. Now, here he is up here preaching. Here I am up here preaching. But you're going forth, too, as lights in the world, right? I was thinking about it. The Lord said, I am the light. And then he says later on, ye are the lights of the world. You know, that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, Right? So you're out there in the world every day. You know, this is happening here. You see this Macedonian, Achaia? Uh, he says, it sounded, the word of the Lord sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith. I don't know if you were here the day Brother Conrad stood in this pulpit and he said, the best thing that could get out about Cheetah Baptist Church is, anybody remember? God is in the midst of them. He said, that's the very best thing that could get out about this church. God's in the midst of them. That's what's happening here. It's also in every place. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. I mean, it's like, it's almost like Paul's going to these places, you know, where the gospel hadn't gone yet, and he's encountering people that have heard it. You know why? They've encountered some of the people he's spoken to, you know, perhaps. But... um, he says, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. It wasn't some flash in the pan. You know, this, this was something that was real. This is a new creature. And people saw it. I mean, they certainly saw it in Saul, right? They saw it in Paul, didn't they? <laughs> Wait a second, Lord, this guy, <laughs> I heard about him. Well, they heard some other things. But later on, can you imagine what people were hearing? Wait, you mean to tell me that 
Saul of Tarsus, that, that Pharisee of the Pharisees, that Hebrew of the Hebrews, that, that man that was, that was persecuting the church and putting Christians to death. He stood there and held the coats while they stoned Stephen, that, that he was putting people in prison, and now he's preaching the gospel. Yeah, that, that went forth. You know, that went forth. Same one. Um, but they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned. This is what I wanted to get to. I read all that to get to this. All right. You turned to God from idols. To God from idols to serve the living and true God. You think about those places that Paul went into. And they were worshiping idols. And these people turned from idols unto the living God. I mean, in one place, you remember, they brought all the books, you know, and they burned them. They burned all that, those books on witchcraft and, and, and things of that nature. You know, there was that Ilium the sorcerer, you know. You remember that guy? Um, so Paul was striving to preach the gospel everywhere that he went. Um, it's that gospel that he began as he spoke to the Romans in this letter. It's a letter, right? I mean, 16 chapters. This is still a letter that we're reading. And back over there in chapter 1, not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live uh, by faith. So, I mean, we could strive with men, couldn't we? We, we, we could convince people, couldn't we? We could take them down what, you know, it's commonly been called the Romans road, right? You know, we can take them down that road. We can, we can buttonhole them into a corner, Brother JT, and we can ask them questions like, you don't want to go to hell, do you? And they're going to say, well, no, of course not. I don't want to do that. We'll just say this prayer, and we'll get you baptized next week, and then everything's okay with you. Well, we'll write down in front of the Bible when, when you did that, and any time you question your salvation, just go back to the front of that Bible, look there, and say, I'm saved. I don't have to question that. No working out your own salvation, the fear and trembling. You know, it's going back and saying, well, they told me that it happened there. Once saved, always saved. I've done, you know. It's finished, complete. I'm done with that. Just go on, live your life however you want to. You can accept the Lord right now as Savior. And later on, sometime, you can accept him as the Lord of your life. No, it's a package deal. You know, you don't take one without the other. Uh, he's Lord and Savior, or he's not either one, you know. So, sure. Right. Right. Sure. Sure. Right after the Grammys had the the sa- satanic thing on the stage. Yeah. Right. Sure, sure. It's, a, it's cheap grace, cheap salvation, fire insurance, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, it's all those things, and it's, it's, not, it's not the truth. It's not, it's, not, it's not a real relationship with the living God. It's not, it's not, yeah, you shall be God's, yeah, yeah. God's holding something back from you, you know. Um, yeah, well, Rebecca came to me this week, and she's like, oh, great. Here comes something I said, and all the kids are that way. Dad, what do you think about this thing with the Euphrates River driving up, drying up? Y'all heard anything about that? I haven't even heard anything about it, you know. But 
she said that on social media that's a big deal right now and that people are talking about it. And she said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, essentially, we, I said a lot more, but essentially our focus isn't to be on the Euphrates River. Our focus is to be on Christ, the gospel. Christ is the gospel, right? Our, that's our focus. The Lord says that we are to, to continue in these things until he comes. And here we are saying, even so, come, Lord Jesus. And here we are waiting, you know, for his coming. And we're working while we wait. But we don't know when he's coming. You know, he said he's going to come as a thief in the night. You know, so all this stuff and people saying, well, the Lord's there. The Lord's over here. The Lord said, don't don't believe him. Yeah, don't go over there. Well, you don't don't have to go anymore, Brother JT. They set up cameras. And they'll broadcast it on TV whenever he shows up. Um, you know, don't, don't go after those things. Follow the Lord. That's what the Lord's called you to. Just follow him. Just follow him. And, and people want to get off on the Euphrates River and, and four angels that, are, that, have been, that have been tied up down there and are going to be loosed. Here's my question still. What are you going to do about your sins? Don't, don't get caught up with the Euphrates River and angels that have been bound up, you know, um, you know, if if, uh, if you happen to um, just let me know when you start seeing the uh, horses that have heads of lions and they're breathing out fire and smoke, you know, you know, because that's right in there with all that, you know. What's our focus? It's on Christ. Same thing, Paul yeah. Mm-hmm. Superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking unto Jesus. What? Author and finisher of our faith. That's us. That's our focus. That's where we are to be. Looking unto Him. Looking unto Him. These people around us that don't know the Lord, that are opposing themselves, you know what they don't know? They don't know we're praying. We're praying. We're looking unto Him, who's the author and finisher of our faith, that He might grant them repentance. We're looking unto Him, that He might grant them repentance. So be gospel-focused. Focus upon Christ. Look unto the Lord. Keep looking unto Him. Be heavenly-minded. The Lord's coming again. There's a judgment day that's approaching. Be heavenly-minded. Live in light of eternity. I mean, didn't the Lord tell us that our focus isn't to be upon the things of this earth, but on the things in heaven? So... God put it in Paul's heart to strive to preach the gospel. He tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be always ready. Be ready always to give an answer to every man, right? So here we are praying for these people we work with. And we don't know what's going on necessarily in their lives. They might not share all that information with us, but they might be in a severe crisis. I mean, did you, did you read that, that that I sent to you or listen to that that I sent to you about uh, Kabul? Um, did y'all see that? Escape from Kabul, um, Afghanistan. I'll try to send it back out. And if, if you got, well, and Brother Bruce, I don't think I remembered to send it to you, or, but what I'm about to say. Um, but we need to, everybody get together today if you're able and I want to try to get everybody on. I know you may not be able to stay, Brother JT, because you got to get back home. you got got guests and all. But 
But we want to try to get everybody on the same page and the same channel that we're going to use to communicate as a church. Um, some of you, I, I, I sent something out, and some of you have, have completed that. I'll get with you, brother, afterwards, and we'll talk about it. But but um, we want to be able to, to use that so that when we send these things out, I know, you know, for me, I'm having to send things out to four or five different groups. And, you know, for Brother Jerry and Sister Linda, the way that I'm sending it out, sometimes they get an empty box. You know, so we're we're trying to fix that if we can. But anyway, what I was going to say was, and I mentioned this to Andrew because he and I were sitting in Subway this week. We got very rare thing, even though we worked together a lot. We actually ate lunch together. And so we're sitting down in Subway, and as we're sitting there with our sandwiches in front of us, I told Andrew, I said, I don't know if you read, read that or not to him. I was talking to him about it. I said, but there was one part in there. Those of you who read it probably remember it, but there was a couple of men that were praying, and there was somebody watching. And he comes, and he's like, I mean, here, here we are, and people, people, it, it, it's, 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 people know there was a, there, Jesus was born, and Jesus died, and then these places, they don't know. And what they do know, they don't trust. They think what we believe is completely wrong, you know, and so he sees these men praying. The Lord's been dealing with him. And he goes up to him and says, Do you know God? Do you know of God? And, of course, you know, they're kind of <laughs> shocked, I'm sure, as any of us would be. But I told Andrew, I said, Here we are in this place. There's only a handful of people. You have no idea. Be faithful. You have no idea. Be faithful. Pray. Bow your head and pray. Seek the Lord. I'm not saying you have to pray out loud. People know what you're doing. You know? And you may, you may come across somebody who's, who's watching you and saying, maybe I ought to talk to them. Maybe they know something. Be ready to give an answer to every man that asks of you. That asks of the hope you know, that, that you have. Um, be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason. Why is it that you have this hope? A reason of the hope that is in you with meekness. There's that meekness again, right? You know, there it is again with meekness and fear. But again, God put it, he wouldn't have been there. Paul wouldn't have done the things that he did. He wouldn't have gone, you know, on those missionary journeys that he went on. Uh, And you talk about mileage. I was showing Teresa yesterday. You know, the type of mileage. I mean, I, I, I know there were ships, and I know he might have had a donkey here or there. You know, I don't But there was a lot of foot. You know, there was a lot of steps. There was a lot of walking, you know. Um, but the Lord put that there, called him into that. I remember Philippians two thirteen through 15, where it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We talked about that already. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Do we live in one of those? Or are those just somewhere else? God bless America, right? No, we live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We do. Among whom you are called, and I am called, to shine as lights in the world. That's what we read there. First Corinthians 15.10 says, and this is of Paul, Right? I mean, this is his going forth. This is working in him both to will and to do, and God calling him to be an apostle unto the Gentiles. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and by his grace which was bestowed upon me, which was not in vain, I have labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, 
I mean, Paul was stoned and he got back up. Paul was shipwrecked and he kept going. You know, Paul was beaten and he, and he still went forth preaching. Uh, he wasn't the only one, I know. You know, there were, there were those that were jailed and said, did we not tell you not to preach in this man's name? And what did they do when they got loosed? They went preaching in his name again, you know. But that's, that's Paul here. And, and, and certainly we, we, we don't think that he went forth in his own strength. I mean, you've seen there at the end of the, the letter to the Ephesians, he's in prison, pray for me that I might speak boldly as I ought to speak. <laughs> That's what got you in trouble. Yeah, but I still need God's grace every day, you know, to speak boldly as I ought to speak. Um, so here's this striving. Uh, it is the work of God in us, causing us to desire more and more to do what we do to his glory. I mean, is that within you? I mean, is, does that fire burn within you that you do what you do to glorify God? You know? I mean, on the, on the positive end of things, Lord, I want to I be able to pray in front of these people so that they might see the, the light of Christ somehow, you know. I want to live before these people. They might see the light of Christ. On the other side of it is, Lord, I can't, I'm so sorry I did that. Um, I don't ever want to do that again. I don't want to be the cause to bring any reproach upon your name. You know, I want to live in an upright fashion before you. I want to live in such a way that, that people may see those good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. I want to do what is right and good, and I'm, I'm so sorry that I've committed that sin. I don't, I don't ever want to do that you know, again in my life. Um, but you think about Ephesians 2, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off, thinking about Paul and these things, these places that he'd been and these churches that he'd been in, he says to the the Ephesians, he said, you were sometimes were far off, had been made nigh, near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, that is, Jew and Gentile, hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, containing ordinances, for to make in himself of two one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God. In one body, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off. We were far off. And peace was preached unto us. Came and preached peace unto you that were far off, and to them which were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the... There's that foundation again, right? And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. I was sitting on the couch the other day. I did the same thing to Anna a year ago when, or so when, when the Lord you know, did a work in her life. But I was sitting there on the couch, and Lydia was across from me, and I looked at her, and she was like, what? And I said, well, I'm sitting across from my daughter, who at one time the Spirit of God did not dwell in. But now I sit across from my daughter, and the Spirit of God has taken up habitation, right? And that's what we talked. About. That's what it says right there. It said a habitation of God through the Spirit. God now dwells where He once, you know, did not inside. I'm not saying God's not everywhere. We're not saying that, but He's living inside me. We sing that hymn, right? You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart, you know. Um, so. Here, here's, here's something of a friend of mine, some of you knew him, uh, Brother Bob Jennings, something he wrote on these verses here. 
he said about Paul and all the places that Paul went, right? He said, where idolatry had for long millennia bound men in fear and foolishness, Paul invaded with his gospel and tore down the Dagons and the Dianas. He exposed their false altars. Brother J.T. mentioned that Morris Hill a while ago. He exposed their false altars and, and took the profit of their silversmiths. Remember those, those men saying, these, these ruined our trade. You know, they've turned the world upside down. Um, he built fires out of unclean, they weren't magazines back then, they were books, but he says magazines so that we'd understand. And then melted down the devilish devices. He made cities rejoice where no joy had been. He reproved their atheistic humanism, their foolish fool-osophies, F-O-O-L, and then he put a dash, osophies, sacrifices for the dead, worshiping angels, and severe treatment of the body. He turned the world upside down. He says, can we see how Isaiah 52.7 was fulfilled in Paul's life, which is this, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth, you know. And we see that in, in, in the New Testament, too. How beautiful are the feet of those, right? You know, so we, we see that. So that's, that's is it, are they beautiful unto everybody? No. Some people, you are, you know, a foul-smelling odor. But unto others, it's the sweet savor of Christ, right? You know, so Paul said of himself and Barnabas, he says, the Lord hath commanded us in Acts thirteen forty seven, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And boy, he traveled. I mean, even writing here to Rome, saying, Roman Christians saying, I'm going to come there, and then I'm going off into, you know, Spain. Um, and somebody might say, well, that's good and well for Paul, but what about me? Well, I'll tell you like Brother Conrad told me. There's his name again, right? I'm sorry. He has had such an influence on my life. It's just there. He said, go where you are. Wherever you are. Go where you are. Some people think, well, you know, if I was going to be like Paul, I might have to, you know, become a missionary and I'm going to have to go on to some fort. You know, go where you are. We live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Go where you are. If, if that's where Brother Bruce is, you know, there where he works or it's, it's you know, in, in your community, Brother Jerry, I know you're, you're not doing the things that you used to do. You know, you're more or less, I guess, retired now. I don't know that you do anything anymore, do you? You do a little bit of construction. You say that so yeah. Am I here? Okay. Um, but wherever you are, you know, there's, there's a mission field right there, Abby, you know. Um, you know, as, as a mom in the house, you know, a dad in the house, and Brother JT was talking about it, when we get up, we're to speak to them about the things of the Lord. You know, as we go about our day, speak to them about the things of the Lord. As we go to bed at night, speak to them about the things of the Lord. Um, yeah. Yeah, write them on the doorpost, you know. I mean, I, Teresa's got scripture all over the house, you know. I mean, I, I can't turn a corner. Hardly, Brother Jerry. There's, they're in the kitchen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. You know, um, you know, in different places I go, there it is, and and I'm, you know, that's that's good, that's good. I may walk past that sign one day, Brother Donnie, and there may be something severe and serious going on in my life. And I've looked at that, 
looked at that picture a thousand times. But right then the Lord says, are you looking to me? I know you're in trouble. I brought this trouble to your doorstep. You know, I know you're in trouble. Are you looking to me? You know. So go where you are. Be the light that God has called you to be where you are. I, I know Brother Donnie has you know, opportunity that, that maybe some of the rest of us don't have to speak to foreigners because he works for a foreign company. And he told us not long ago that there, there are folks from other places that never even heard you know, that there is a God. Never even heard anything about the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't know anything about the gospel. You know, um, but go where you are, wherever it is that the Lord has you. Go, you know, there. Um, you know, for Cohen, that's going to look like, um, you know, there. And 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 uh, um, is it, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Cohen's FAA, right? 4H. Sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> there in 4H. Um, you know, to go where you are. Um, you know, and 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 preach the gospel. Um, I mean, it's being preached to us, isn't it? I mean, we, we sang that hymn earlier about birds with gladder songs o'erflow. You know, and that something lives in every you. That's different hues of color. You know, that Christless eyes have never seen. Uh, all creation continually is 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 manifesting the glory of God. You know, unto us, and it's manifesting into them, but they oppose themselves. You know, here we are seeing those things. I can remember I used to walk over here, you know, and there were lots of mornings that I'd walk over here and there'd be a bird on the wire up there and it'd be singing away. And there was a melody, uh, you know, for lack of a better description, in that bird's heart. And depending on where I was at that particular time, you know, it, it might be something like this, Lord, help us to sing today under your glory. You know, as we as we gather together and we sing and we sing hymns together that we sing under your glory, not just mouth the words. We we know the tune, you know, but that it would really speak, you know, unto us and that it would really glorify you and that you'd really be pleased with, with our hearts before you as we sing, you know. And then at other times, you know, I might not have such a cheerful, you know, spirit. And I'd say, Lord, I listen to that bird and you've called me to rejoice always. And again, your word says rejoice. And here that bird is rejoicing. And Lord, what about me? You know, help me, you know, to rejoice. Or the wind might be blowing. Lord, breathe in our midst this morning. By your spirit, breathe upon us this morning that we might hear from you. You know, um, there's something in those things that we see the world doesn't see. Um, And it's not just, look how deep a, 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 a purple that flower is or look at how, how, how red that rose is you know there's more to it than that I mean those things are there certainly you know but more to it than that um, look at all the beauty God has created all around us even even we live in a sin cursed I mean thorns and thistles are coming up but still the beauty the, of, of what God has done shines forth um, so there's plenty of people around us like these that Paul's, you know, speaking about here. Um, all those places that Paul had already been. Now he's writing to Rome. He's, you know, he's talking about those who where Christ has not been named, and then now he's talking about going to Rome, Rome where Christ has been named. He wasn't opposed to that, but that's not, not that was the main thing the Lord had called him unto. Uh, he called him to be a light unto the Gentiles. You know, um, so here he is. 
you know, talking about, you remember back in Romans 1, 1, he says he was a servant of Christ, called an apostle, called to be an apostle, separated unto, what? The gospel of God. Separated unto the gospel of God. You've been separated unto the gospel of God. He says in verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. We've already talked about that, didn't we? There are people that are all around us, people that we know in our families, people in the workplace, people in the community, what they don't know as we're striving to preach the gospel. What they don't know is we're praying for an opportunity. We're praying that they might see Christ. Here he says about these Roman Christians, he says, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Then he goes on in verse number 15 of the very first chapter. says, so much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. That was, that was 14 chapters ago. In chapter 1, he says, I'm ready to preach the gospel unto you that are in Rome also, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he goes on to say. That's the power of God and salvation um, to everyone that believeth. So Paul separated under this task. Uh, those he preached unto were the subject of his prayers. He was ready to give an answer of the hope that was within him. He was seeking continually to preach the gospel, knowing that it is the power of God unto salvation to them which believe. So I'm going to skip over some things. You've got some verses that I would have put in there. I've sent those out to you, all of you. But um, I don't know if I should take the time. But, but um, let me just give you a few things. I, I sent to you an image of each of Paul's missionary journeys. Uh, earlier this morning, but um, his very first missionary journey, you know, I was talking about lots of miles, 1,400 miles. Now today, that'd still be a long ways. <laughs> you know, in a car, 1,400 miles. How'd you like to get in a car and drive 1,400 miles, Brother Jerry? That's a long ways. Um, but in the, in the region of Cyprus and Turkey, um, you know, the Holy Spirit has set apart Paul and Barnabas. John Mark goes on, you know, with their hel- as a helper, uh, I already mentioned uh, Illamus, the sorcerer that, that Paul blinds, you know. Um, you know, John Mark leaves them in, in Perga. Um, Paul goes on into Turkey, into Antioch of Pisidia. You know, there's two Antiochs, right? There were two different Antiochs that he went to. Um, but he, he preaches there what's, what's said to be his longest recorded sermon, and many respond. Uh, he goes to Iconium, and there's plots that are, that are developed to force him to leave. Um, Lystra, where Paul meets the lame man, and then all the people thought they were gods. You remember that? And they want to do sacrifice, you know, to them. And they're like, you know, you can't. They run in. They 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 tear their clothes. You know, we're not gods. You know, we're men just like you. We've come to preach the gospel. And then they want to stone them. You know, they they've switched real quick, didn't they? Gods to you know, we're, we're going to stone you. Um, and Paul's, you know, I was reading that account. Here, Paul is on the ground, and as far as they're concerned, he's dead. You know, he'd been stoned, um, and, and so here are the other, his companions standing around him. And they think, okay, well, I guess we've got to bury the Apostle Paul, you know. And he gets up. <laughs> he gets up. Um, so, um, you know, different places they went, Lystra, Iconium, uh, Antioch, Pisidia, Pamphylia, Perga, Italia. Um, they appointed elders in the churches. You know, they stayed in these places till they were established, and then they'd come back and, you know, visit them some. Um, you know, Paul remained for a while in uh, Antioch in Syria and, uh, you know, writes 
and reports what God's done. He, he writes the Galatians, uh, a letter from there. Um, just a few things kind of put in your mind where Paul is going to these places and, and, and preaching. Um, makes it back and, and, and reports back to the council there in Jerusalem and then goes back out again on the second missionary journey, 2,800 miles, almost double, you know, what the first time. Um, they're in Syria, the, the modern-day Syria, Turkey, Greece. Um, so, um, you know, there's that dispute that comes up between Barnabas and Paul. John Mark, had de- you know, he departed from him. Paul doesn't want to take him, doesn't think he's reliable, you know, and Barnabas is, is wanting to take him. So ends up, you know, Barnabas and, and John Mark go off and Paul and Silas, you know, go off. Um, but, um, you know, Derby, Lystra, Iconium, while in these places, Timothy joins, you know, Timothy, Paul meets Timothy and Timothy joins, you know, up with him. Um, Paul has the vision and and, and tros of of the 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 man from Macedonia calling, saying, "Come over and and help us." Um, there's the gets over into and Philippi. There's Lydia, and her heart's opened. You know the women there by the the river praying. Then you got the Philippian jailer. You know he's going to do himself harm. Don't do it. we're all here. You know see some of those things. You know happening. You know, church. You know is 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 born. You know there. Then. Um, you know, Thessalonica, the, the, they try to have Paul and Silas arrested um, after they had gained some, some converts. Um, but um, you get into places like Berea where Silas and Timothy stay for a while, and Paul goes on. You get into Athens and Mars Hill and the Areopagus. Um, Paul sees the altar to the unknown God, and he says, this unknown God to, him, to you, him, you know, I'm gonna, that's who I'm going to preach. You know, it's this unknown God unto you. Um, a number of people believe, you know, there he gets into Corinth, and he meets Aquila and Priscilla. And we see their names come up lots of times in Scripture. You know their names appear more than, than some of the other well-known disciples. They, they appear more in Scripture than some of the well-known disciples. Um, uh, people try to get Paul uh, arrested. The authorities, you know, refuse. Um, he gets into, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce this one, but... Um, Centria, and you know, remember he had he'd cut his hair as a vow, and he goes in, you know, the temple, and you know, there he does get into to trouble. But in Ephesus, he leaves uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, Paul returns back to Antioch, and then he begins the third missionary journey, twenty-seven hundred miles. You know, in this one, um, Turkey, Greece, Lebanon, uh, some of the places where he was was at Galatia. Uh, was one of the places that he decides to visit again. He stays in Ephesus for two years uh, at this point. He writes to the Corinthians, um, the, the silversmiths uh, who, who, who are upset because he's upset their trade, start a riot. Um, and then, um, let's see, some other things. The young man in, 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 in Philippi, um, uh, he, he falls asleep you know, in the window and in a third-story window and dies. He falls from the window, and Paul raises him again from the, from the dead. Um, some other things. I'm skipping over some, but, um, you know, he, he makes it back, you know, for, to report to the church leaders who urge Paul to participate in, a, in a, a purification ritual, you know, at the temple, and that's when he becomes arrested, you know, and that's when he ends up taking his journey, you know, to Rome. Um, and that in and of itself was another... 2,250 miles, um, and, it, and it took some time. I was looking at the time frame. So Paul's journey to Rome was from 57 A.D. to 62, right? Five years. 
you know, the, the, not just the journey too, but he was there in Rome. Remember, he was he was, he was uh, renting his own house for two years there. You remember, um, but from the very first missionary journey, um, and some of these things are just you know interesting um, to me anyway. But AD forty seven, so AD forty seven. Help me out here, Cohen. AD forty seven to, let's see, Rome. Sixty two. How many years is that? Somebody. 47 to 62. Come on, you accountants. 15 years. So those, those three journeys and then to Rome, the two years that he was there, uh, where the book of Acts, right, ends, correct? You know, you want to go read some of these things, go to, I think, about Acts 13 on through the end. You know, you'll see uh, Paul there. But, uh, but yeah, there's some of the, some of the things that we, that we think about but when Paul was in in Rome, uh, or even before Rome, you know, we have him standing before all sorts of people, Agrippa and others, you know, um, there before Felix, you know, Felix trembles, remember that? Um, Agrippa, you know, almost I'm persuaded to become a Christian, and Paul says, I would that you were all together, you know, except for these bonds, you know, like me. Um, but, um, you know, the, all those centurions that were bound to him those two years you know that he hired his own house and was he was able to freely receive you know others the, all the the gospel that they heard. Um, he had a captive you know audience in a sense. You know he was captive, but those Roman centurions were captive, you know, to him being chained to him. But um, anyway, you know he's there in Rome and he writes, um, you know, to the Colossians, Ephesians, Philemon, Philippians. Um, you know, all these things that happened to him. You know, we can go to the other place in Scripture where he talks about, you know, being beaten and, and being stoned and being shipwrecked and, and perils among his own countrymen and, and, and the different things that happened to him. He says in Acts twenty twenty four, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You know, so here we are at the end of Romans, and this all this kind of you know is coming out. Um, you know, we're bringing out a little more, of course, than what Paul says in those two verses, but we're bringing out those things that we know of in other places. You know, there in, in Scripture, but um, yeah, that the verse that Paul you know refers to that we read there in um, in chapter fifteen, uh, verse number twenty one. Let me go back over there and I'll read it to you again. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand. Um, you know, think about Isaiah sixty-five, verse one. I was, I am sought of them that asked not for me. Well, that's true of all of us, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sought of him that asked, you know, sought of them that asked not for me. Um, I am found of them that sought me not. That's us. Uh, I said, behold me, behold me, unto a nation that was not called by my name. So, you know, our calling may not be exactly the same as, as Paul's in what he did. It is the same in a sense. You know, we have the gospel, same as he. We're to be a light, same as he. He was called to be a light, and the Gentiles were called to be a light, you know, also. Uh, we may not be going out planting churches, um, you know, but, but here we are. You know, we, are, we can water, you know, we can water people. Um, just like I, that, that, that young man, that nail, the nail went in. That fell, a board fell, a nail went in above his knuckle here and came out down there. You know, I was pouring water over it uh, after, um, you know, they kind of gotten it cleaned up. But we can water. You know, there's an act of kindness, right? I, I didn't have to go to my truck and get a bottle of water, you know. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to gain an entrance, you know, if I can, you know, into that young man's life. Um, do what I can to gain an entrance there. Um, lay, lay a foundation for him. He's in sinking sand, Brother Jerry. You know, any, anybody that's outside of Christ, they, they have no foundation. But we have a, if, 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 if we can preach the gospel unto them and, and God would grant them repentance, they'd have somewhere to put their feet. They have something to stand on. Um, so, Lord, help us to, to be the light that, that we've been called to be Un, unto the people where we are, wherever you are, wherever the Lord sends you. I mean, Brother JT may be thinking, I'm going to be in love lady, I'm pretty sure, the rest of my life. Who knows? The Lord may send him somewhere else. You know, may uproot him from that place and send him across the country. Um, and he'd be called to be a light over there. Um, you know, right now, Sister Delina Cohen's still home. One day, he's going to spread his wings, and he's going to go off and go out to college, and, and he's going to have maybe his own. He may not. I don't, I don't know. He may, he may be with you all the rest of his life. I don't know. Um, you, you just don't know. You just don't know. Do what? It's a little bit easier. Ryan said that's the easy, easy road. Um, but whatever the Lord calls him unto, uh, whatever the Lord calls us unto, you know, be a light wherever you are. Uh, seek to glorify God wherever you are. Strive to preach the gospel wherever you are. Pray for those that oppose themselves wherever you are. You know, some of these things that we've seen as we've gone through. You know, we could have easily said, well, there's not much left in Romans. We just go ahead and pass that on. We'll go on to the next book. Now, there's, there's some significant things you know, left here in, in these verses that remain. Um, even in chapter 16, I mean, it, it mentions a lot of people. Priscilla and Aquila included, you know, but, um, you know, it's, there's, there's things there for us, you know, still. Uh, so, well, let's stand and we'll go to the, the Lord in prayer. Um, if you're able to stay, like I said before, um, and you have uh, the time uh, to be able to have somebody help you, if you haven't been able to get um, that messaging service up on your phone, then... Um, there are plenty of people here who'd be glad to glad to assist you with that, I'm sure. Um, but if we can get everybody on the same page, you know, it'd be good. There there are some that are missing out because theirs isn't working. Um, you know, that's 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 the thing that bothers me the most. You know, is if we send something out of the church and somebody doesn't get it, I, that doesn't settle well, you know, with me. Um, I mean on the other hand, yeah, if I could send it all to one place, it, it saves me time. And you can even set up on this, you know, service here and, and, and set up to receive, you know, notifications whenever you want to. You know, I guess, I don't know how, is there, are there individual settings in that to, to silence it, I guess? Um, and then I could start sending out messages again at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning if I needed to and not wake anybody up. <laughs> Um, unless you're already up and you're like, okay, well, I can read this. I'm already up. I can't sleep. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, Brother Donnie and I have been talking about it for a while and, and uh, I thought it would be good to go ahead and implement that. So, All right, well, let's, let's, uh, let's pray.